0: Who do you think you are? I am. It's OGP on a Friday. For the last time, taking a look at the Giants season opener down in Tennessee against those Titans. We break down our final predictions, talk about who could be a breakout star, and even take a look at the betting lines and, of course, some same-game parlays from yours truly coming up next. The only thing better, my friends, on a Friday is OGP, the One Giant Podcast, where we are your host over here, Adam Armbrust, breaking down the Brooklyn Nets on the Locked On Nets podcast. My boy, Doug Norrie, and yonder there. It's a season generational ticket holder, the healthy, wealthy, and wise, the man who realizes I finally turned on my proper microphone, Mr. Andrew Makowitz.
1: I, I know I'm proud of you. You remembered this time. It feels really good. The, the, the sultry tones, Adam. Congratulations for being able to be a professional on the podcast today.
0: Yes, sir. Adam, really, really big show. Adam, Please, last,
1: last night, didn't it feel nice? Like I saw a lot of GIFs and memes, but it's like football's back. It felt like a cozy blanket. It didn't matter if your team was playing. You kind of just nestle up on the couch. And you get football for like three and a half, four hours. Didn't it just feel good? Just right off the bat.
0: Tip of the cup. To Marty, you better believe it felt good last night to have the NFL kickoff. Yeah. And by the way, like all the buildup, and then like it's nice just to sit down on the couch, crack a cold one if that's your thing. Maybe you made some wings and just let a game unfold in front of you, especially like I will say, I also like it better when it's not the Giants playing on, you know, opening game. Listen, I'd love to be the kickoff. We'd love to be a premier team in the league. Maybe that's coming down the road there's no pressure there's no angst watching the rams and the bills kick off the nfl season also no angst for yours truly in terms of that season series that we've been talking about put our best out man you were uh, a little bullish about those rams you gotta pay attention for that uh Super Bowl hangover, my friend.
1: Uh, listen, I'm glad that we decided not to start to pick him until, like, Sunday. And that <laughs> oh, was just a like, warm-up the last, you know. <laughs> so, like, that was just to get our feet wet. So, we were starting to get our predictions. It's I'm calibrating, Adam. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. the first game of the season. I did like the Rams. You know, Sean McVay was 5-0 and in openers. I thought, you know, hosting the game, they were going to look better. My gosh, though. I mean, the Bills turned the ball over as much as humanly possible in the first half. And they still steamrolled. The, the Rams, like it wasn't even close, right?
0: We'll, we'll talk about a little bit later, Mason fantasy stuff. We're like, you know, I took a little low level flyer on cook. Young running back just came out, got one touch, one fumble Okay. You're going to go ahead and take a <laughs> seat there. Young blood. Uh Yeah. It's funny. Like if you go in and look at these lines and stuff and you see Josh Allen, just slinging a couple of picks and you know, it wasn't a perfect game by any stretch uh, from the Buffalo's Bills side of things, but the Rams, man, I, I this is why why I picked them going into the game, and I just think by the end of the season we'll be talking about them in the same vein that you would you would assume you would for a team that just won the championship. However, you got the elbow concerns for Stafford, you've got Robinson trying to work his way into it again. Like there's so many things. One thing I'll say. That's a good theme that maybe carries over to the way the Giants can approach Daniel Jones in this game on Sunday, in every game this season. They highlighted it throughout the broadcast. The Bills, when they put uh, Donaldson in single coverage on the offensive line, those were all the plays when Allen was getting it out of his hands quickly, right? So, like... There are ways to mitigate some bigger risks when you're going up against really strong defenses or individual talents. And I thought that the Bills did a really productive job of that, let alone. I mean, I went to talk about the fact they attacked Jalen Ramsey and essentially repeated what could have been a loss in the Super Bowl that, uh, Don, you know, Aaron Donaldson got home against uh, against Burrow in the Super Bowl. Didn't get home against Allen in this one.
1: Well, yeah. So Aaron Donald, to your point, they—they they, oh, sorry, they, yeah, they, I know, I'm throwing on extra. Yeah, just like the best, that. just the best, one of the top three defensive players. The better, the better, energy. the better you are, the more <laughs> letters you get. That's how I work. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, yeah, I, that is how you work sometimes. I, I I realize that, Adam. Um, but I think you are absolutely right, and this is foreshadowing for the Giants because Ken Dorsey has the offensive coordinator for Buff for Buffalo. Worked under Brian Dayball. They were, mm-hmm. you know, hand in hand. They, it was a lot of the same scheme that the Giants are going to be putting out there um, in terms of some of those quick outs, get the ball out quickly. If we are going to match up one-on-one against a great defensive end, let's either – and they also rolled Josh Allen out away mm-hmm. from the pressure a lot to be able to, to make plays with his legs or open up the field a little bit. So, yeah, to me, the offense was humming. The couple of mistakes, it's like the Buffalo random fumble, the tip off a guy's hand. The rest yeah. of the time, the Bills didn't punt. So, like, uh, outside of those things, the Buffalo Bills did not punt. Josh Allen was doing anything he wanted. To your point, uh, Jalen Ramsey, like, what's going on here? Like, perfect quarterback rating against him in the game. Six receptions out of seven targets. They beat him over the top. They beat him short back shoulder. They beat him every which way. And it made you think, like, is he – like, he's not old yet, even. He's in his mid-20s. Like, is he early losing a step? Is this just, like – chalk it up to everyone having a little rust week one. Like I can't, I can't believe the Rams looked that bad in all facets of the game.
0: Yeah. It's funny too, man. Like I I thought about this watching Ramsey and this is like true about the NFL. Like man, that, that, that premier quality top level cornerback play is such a tight window to hit. Like you want to hit it when it matters most on a, on a big run in the playoffs. Right. But like, I know that, I know that Jalen Ramsey has been one of the best corners in the game. But I I did think about, I I thought about it last night of like, yeah, but there's just waves and waves of receivers getting thrown at these dudes, right? Every week, it's a different guy with a different version of skill sets. One's a little bit bigger, one's a little stronger, one's a little shiftier, one's a little faster. And to be one of the premier talents on the outside as a cornerback, it's really hard to be the measurables of length, size, and speed. Because, by the way, usually when you have those combinations of measurables, you're not on the defensive side of the ball. You're, you know, you're, you're playing wide out. You're playing a different skill position. So uh, it, it's so hard to think about that position and investing a lot of money there. I think you need to really be timely with when you go all in on that. It paid off for the Rams. We all know that, right? But I, you know, wait and watch, right? Because now maybe there's a bit of a blueprint here to start this season off about how to attack. The number one corner for the
1: Rams well and it just feels like more and more and this is a bad omen for Giants fans and Kenny Galladay that we're going away from the big bodied wide receiver it's not yeah. like go up Burn. and make a fight yeah it's how quick can you get out and get explosive and stretch the defense or how quickly can we run crossing routes how shifty can we be in small areas uh, it's why you know Isaiah McKenzie and Cooper Cup and, and Jamison Crowder has had a career doing this. You know, Stephon Diggs is just a great wide receiver. He's an amazing route runner and still has, you know, pretty good top line speed. So he's mm-hmm. a great combination of both. But, man, you are seeing the future. And, and that's why maybe things start to change for Jalen Ramsey a bit. He's a big physical cornerback. So, like, when you have a Julio Jones or a Kenny Galladay or a big body guy, he's not intimidated by that. The tough part for him is like shiftiness in small spaces is probably not going to be the place where he, you know, has, has his best games. And it kind of looked like that's how it got exploited, uh, you know, in, in this Thursday night matchup.
0: Yeah. So listen, I mean, you know, we know that we're not always going to spend a lot of time on, on, on other teams around the league. But I will say, I think unlike years past, there are really good conversations and a lot of this stuff can tie into what matters for the Giants. You know, these may not be teams that the Giants are going to worry about going toe to toe with early in the season, et cetera. But there are there are lessons to be learned, I think, from these games, especially early in the year. And some of it is about coming out sharp, looking crisp, something that the Rams did not do. And really, the Bills didn't do either. But at the end of the day, it was a win for them. And as we just most importantly, a 1-0 series lead in the season predictions. Um, Let's turn our attention, though, over to the Giants here. There's a lot of things that we want to cover. We broke it down from all angles. I thought it was really interesting. Um, getting on with Roland from the uh, locked on Titans podcast. We talked about Robert Woods and I didn't bring this up. So this isn't even me layering onto it, but you talked about what he is as a talent versus what'll be for the Titans and Roland brought up a Tyler Roland brought up a really good point. He, he's been awesome. Robert Woods as yes. a number two, as a number two though. And now you're being put in the number one spot and then relying, you know, I meant. Mentioned- about the other members of that roster. You got Burke, obviously the rookie, but you have to wait to see what he's going to come on to do. And then even the, uh, the the second year wide out there is going to be, remember, like he was the third or fourth option last year. Now maybe he's the second option. So there is this hierarchy that's starting to shift. I, I found it fascinating that he even mentioned uh, Austin Hooper and to kind of be like, ah, I don't know. I, I said that, that Austin Hooper tight end, yeah. Um, he's like, I don't know. Like there was a lot of angst around the offensive side of the ball for him. Um, while he still, I think, calls for the Titans to win the game, thinks it could be like within that that touchdown kind of area, he any anywhere from that 27-21, right? 2117, right in that kind of pocket there. Just a, as we go into it and we think about it from that standpoint, where do you where is your instincts here as the Giants look to open things up? Are you excited about what could be a, a bad weather game? Some rain called for down there in Tennessee, and that can certainly shift the way both teams try to attack this game.
1: Yeah. I mean, hearing that the weather is not going to be great. I think us as fans, we think the weather impacts things far more. If it's just like a light rain than the players actually do. But again, the Titans want to establish the run and they stopped the run. They Mm -hmm. were first in the league in rushing the ball and they were first in the league in yards per attempt, stopping the ball. So like they are yards per game, stopping the ball at 83.5 or six. They, are really good when the ball is in the hands of someone and you're not airing it out, they win games in the trenches that way. That is tough for the giants for a couple reasons. Mm -hmm. The, The first problem that I have is the fact that if the giants find a way to stack the box and stop the run or limit the damage that Derrick Henry can do, the issue is that the giants have injuries at the edge rushing position where they may not be able to take advantage of those third and sevens, those third and eights, where the quarterback has to drop back and wait for the play to develop. If the Giants don't have Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojalari out there healthy, going after the quarterback and making life miserable, they're not going to take advantage of the times where they're able to stop Derrick Henry on first and second down.
0: No, 100%. Uh, I think that's the fascinating part. To your point, you talk to players, they go, weather, what weather? I mean, you know, barring gale force winds, et cetera, that really change the dynamic of a game. If it's wet, it's wet. You know, I don't think anyone's going to sit there and make excuses about it. But from that side of it, the defensive side of things, it's going to be interesting to see how Wink Martindale tries to approach it. We talked about a lot of those angles there. Um, maybe Aziz is able to do get out there on the field potentially, but otherwise I think you try to get thick. And we talked about it the other day, right? Use, use Ward in this situation. Um, you know, even ocean exhibit I think is like a stronger player as opposed to say a Carter Coughlin. Interesting to see how Micah McFadden fits in and even take Crowder and the versatility they get with there. I, I, I won't be shocked if Quincy Roche is up there for this for this game as well. Again, more beef and just try to congest and jam up everything at the line of scrimmage. And if it's going to be a game where there is some some rain going on here, I'll live with Ryan. To, again, who do I want to beat me? Anyone but Derrick Henry, right? I can't turn around. He went for 170 against the Giants in recent memory, right? Like as long as he isn't doing that, I'll live with the results of it and I'll live with what I think could be the upside of getting that ball out of Tannehill's hands and maybe some opportunities for some turnovers. We highlighted la- uh, over this course this week. Remember, 21 touchdowns, 14 picks last year for Tannehill, the back half of that season without Derrick Henry. The more pressure that he is put under to be the one that wins the game is the more likely that he can lose. It,
1: it's, it's true. I mean, Tannehill is going to be the wild card in this because he has been the wild card. It's why they drafted him. Wild card! It's why they drafted Malik Willis to begin with as the backup because they think he has more upside than Tannehill. They kind of know where they are at with, with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. And I I think even though they were the number one seed, no one really gave them a shot to win the Super Bowl. So Tannehill is going to be important in this. And that's why the the offensive side of the ball for the Titans is really going to be the indicator. I think the Giants are going to be able to, to move the ball a little bit against the Titans defense. I, I really do with this new scheme. No one's seen Daniel Jones in this position or Saquon Barkley where they actually have, you know, a competent quarterback coach and offensive coordinator guiding the ship here. So for me, it's really if we don't have the edge rushers that can create in one-on-one, mm-hmm. what is our secondary going to look like against Tannehill and who's going to win that matchup? Yeah,
0: again, I'm going to rely on Xavier McKinney. I'm going to rely on Julian Love. I'm going to trust Adoree Jackson, obviously. We talked about it. I'm a little more confident in Adoree Jackson. In this particular game, I'm a little more confident in the secondary to hold their own. Darnay Holmes, again, he's my low-level pick to say, like, all of a sudden, you know, cut two. here's a guy that's making a big play, maybe out of nowhere, because if you're listing the hierarchy of guys from a Tennessee perspective, you're probably saying Xavier McKinney, you're saying a Dory Jackson, then you're, I don't know where Julian Love sacks up in that hierarchy, but then you're going down to the defensive front for sure. And Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, right? Darnay Holmes is going to be the fourth, fifth, sixth, most concerning element to this giant's defense. I hope that he builds off of what we have seen from him in training camp and in preseason that suggests he can really be a big piece of it. As we turn our attention over to the offensive side for the Giants, let's also just take a minute here, Andy, and set up the betting line here. Where's the over-under? Um, where, I think, what do we have? Plus, I have plus 7.5 currently going by bet MGM, but you're also over on FanDuel. Where, where are we starting out here on a, what is a Friday morning? Could still move before game time.
1: Wow. Seven and a half. I haven't seen that line, but welcome back to the bedding corner. This is my favorite part of it, Adam. Ooh. Like to, like to put is a. That new, is
0: that a new segment? We didn't realize we were
1: doing. I I don't know, but it feels it feels good. It's like you know we talked about that warm blanket. It's like a warm glass of milk for me. Um, so right now on, he's you're, you're gonna be
0: asleep on the podcast. Warm blankets, warm glasses of milk, a couple of cookies, and this guy's night night.
1: Earlier in the week, Marty was asking if you needed a cup of coffee. He clearly understands there's only one person that gets tired and falls asleep on the show. That would be <laughs> one Adam Armbrecht, not Andy Mackiewicz. But in, in terms of FanDuel, right now the line is uh, the, the Tennessee Titans are favored by 5.5, and, and the over-under is 43.5.
0: Sorry, I had alternate handicap. Was that 7.5? I was like, 7.5. Really if you're getting Hey-o! that
1: line, head over to BetMGM and, and <laughs> attack that line with passion, right. you know? So, so initially five and a half, 43 and a half, any initial thoughts on your end? Um, I,
0: I get it because you can only predicate this on perception and there's enough things that you think are, are confirmed for Tennessee, right? Not only being a home game, by the way, we know the line, right? Gets a little three point shift there based on being home or away. So neutral site, we're only talking about a two and a half point dog for the New York football giants. Again, you know, things about the Tennessee Titans, you know, what Derek Henry is, you know, what Ryan Tannenhill is, you know what Vrabel and this coaching staff has been right. So there's a lot of things that you can confirm there. I think if this matchup was two weeks from now or three weeks from now, and you just get some, let's say on the positive side, Kadarius Tony looks strong, right? Daniel Jones looks consistent. Saquon Barkley is back in form, right? I think that this line gets a lot closer to even money than the Giants being a dog going into this, So I'm fine with it. I mean, if it's me and you want to take the minus 110 and plus five and a half, I go for it because I, you know, we'll get into predictions later here, but I think it is going to be a close game, uh, weather included. And I think the way both teams, right, some mild conservative play, especially from Tennessee's side. And then it kind of comes down to are the Giants willing to grip it and rip it week one?
1: It may sound like a homer pick, but if for purely betting purposes, taking the giants money line is a better bet than taking the five and a half this week. And the reason why is because the unknown system and scheme of Brian Dable and Mike Kafka is a huge question mark that you can get two to one on your money. If it ends up hitting right. Like, the five and a half, if it's not working and Daniel Jones doesn't look good and the Giants aren't moving the ball, chances are they're probably going to just lose the game outright by double digits, right? But if they're able to move the ball short passes, Daniel Jones looks better out in space, the offensive mm-hmm. line's competent, they're going to be in the game with a chance to win it. So for me, if you're going to take a bet, I th- I believe that there's a better chance the Giants win it outright than that five points coming into play, Adam.
0: Yeah, I- I'm down with that for sure. Um but you know, five and a half, man. Like, you know, it's a touchdown, right? So if you're if you're playing the money line, you're you're going for. I get it, and I and I know that you know plus being plus being plus on it versus minus uh, taking the points. Let me just, uh, you just pointed out here in the chat. This be I, I like. I think I kind of like the way our I like the way that our Friday shows are going to kind of progress here because Abram shot up here and you quickly grabbed it. Um, what is the carries target for? Saquon Barkley. We can talk about both from a betting standpoint and also just from a game standpoint too.
1: Yeah. So this is a great question because everyone's wondering what's going to happen. We talked a little bit before about the Titans giving up the least amount of rushing yards per game. They were sixth in rushing yards per attempt at 3.9, 3.8, something like that. They are stingy in the run game. Couple that with the fact that the giants don't want to just run saquon barkley up the middle and get him between the tackles and take the pounding and the wear and tear that's going to have on his body i what i my my pick of the week is going to be other saquon related look for him to get more catches out of the backfield get him out in space one-on-one with some short out routes and and different wheel routes and 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 things to get lined up against a, a nickel corner or or a linebacker but to me i think the target for saquon and i know this may sound low but i i would say anywhere from like five to seven carries is probably okay. where I project Saquon want to be. I don't see him getting more than 10 carries unless they're kind of like pitching really? into him, getting him out on the edge.
0: Really? No more than 10 carries. Yeah, man. Like I get it. Like I'm not like, I, I, I like the overall perception of it. I, this is something I wonder about for the season as a whole is whether or not, like when we talk about, again, we, we said we talked about this earlier in the week, like, Are you grinding Saquon to the ground? Is he 100% healthy, ready to go? Like, if it's, you said no more than 10. Let's say that it's seven carries for Saquon. Okay, so how many targets are you saying he's going to get in the passing game?
1: Oh, I think he's going to get a lot in the passing game. I I So are you, so,
0: okay, okay, what is your total touch number for Saquon Barkley? Because I think 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 it needs to be 20 plus.
1: Oh, so I think it's going to be about 15 to 17 touches in this game. That's not enough.
0: To me, there's, there's no way that that can be enough.
1: See, see, but, but the thing is, Adam, with all the different things, well, because we don't know how this offense wants to focus. If you look at how things went in Buffalo, they spread the ball all over the place. Obviously they had Stefan Diggs. They used multiple running backs because obviously they didn't have someone like Saquon Barkley, but the idea is Antonio Williams looked good. You know, Matt Breida is on this roster. Gary Brightwell is here there. There are going to be other guys getting touches. Let Antonio Williams run it up the gut. Let Gary Brightwell take some of the pounding on the inside. I don't see that as the best way to utilize Saquon Barkley. So you may say, well, 15 to 17 touches doesn't feel good. If they're meaningful touches, not the run to the right, gain three yards, power eye, like none of that will make sense to use Saquon Barkley. If he's getting 10 targets in the receiving game for seven or eight catches out of the backfield, which is what I think is the way they want to use him, that's where I see Saquon Barkley breaking off the big play and getting chunky games for the Giants.
0: Sure. Okay. And where did, where did you say you had the, um, the over under was what 43 and a half, 43 and a half. Yep. What do you, I mean, Weather weather included here, um, do you think that when we talk about the giants missing some defensive weapons, whatever is going to happen here on, on that side of the ball, I mean, 40, you know, 21, 17 keeps you underneath it, but y- you know, that's a th- razor thin line. Do you think it's more likely this goes like that? This goes without, we won't go over predictions just yet, but you think it's more likely that it goes in the vein of 27-24 or 21-17? Where's that margin for you?
1: I mean, that's the tough part because it's the difference between one turnover or one touchdown instead of a field goal. I I mean, you know, we're going to get into our predictions. I have it right around that number. Like 43-and-a-half isn't a crazy number in today's NFL the, you know, obviously the Titans have struggled moving the ball or, or have question marks moving the ball through the air. As you mentioned, Locked on Titans, ha, you know, detailed that beautifully. The Giants also have their problems, too. Remember, this is a team that averaged 15 points a game last year. You know, we're assuming that they're going to be a touchdown better. But will they really? We need to see it in practicality on the road against the top five total team defense in the league.
0: Yep, for sure. Okay, um what who what is your most exciting matchup here? Like what what's the one guy that you're looking for? And then we'll turn over to our predictions, but also a couple of key bet plays here though. I mean, is it just, you know, you can, we can we can go high level generic, nothing too sexy about saying I want to see Daniel Jones look consistent, look comfortable. You know, I'll even I'll I'll start it off here. I, there's a lot of things I would go to, but I'll take the Daniel Jones one cuz I'm sure you have a more interesting angle. I want to see a Daniel Jones, and this is something I didn't talk about. I said I wanted to. Three weeks, three games is what I give this team and Daniel Jones and everyone involved before I am going to develop a concrete opinion around where this team is, where the players are. And it's gonna no one more critical than Daniel Jones. But I want to see a Daniel Jones inside of this offensive system that goes for it, right? To last year, a lot of the fans and, and rightfully so talk about how well with Jason Garrett, you know, and everything happening in front of them, you ended up just raining it in, raining it in, raining it in. Go for it, man. If you're, I'd rather you throw two touchdowns and a pick than one touchdown, no interceptions. You know, I'd rather you have 260 yards with maybe a turnover than have 205. Right? Like, I, if you're gonna learn something about this kid and about this team. You have to let him go and play. So that, that that I'm going to call that. That's what I want to see in this opening game for Daniel Jones. Look loose, look comfortable and have Brian Dable and Mike Kafka say, yeah, for better or worse, we're going to let you go play and get that real sample size and get those real results.
1: So I do like that. They, de- they need to be more aggressive. They need to push the ball vertically. We talked about Jason Garrett's offense being so vanilla, lowest yards per attempt, basically in the entire league. Very one dimensional, the, the highest first down run percentage. That led to the highest second down pass percentage. It was like every single thing was already known. Like they're going to stop the run on first down. You're going to get sacked on second down, and then third down you're going to do a QB sneak and punt. Right? Like that was pretty much how we <laughs> knew things. we're, we're going to go.
0: And second down we're just going
1: to punt. The hell, yeah, way. we're just going to punt early. We're going to play the field game. You know, we're going to hope our defense. Bit of a strategy
0: here, Bob. They're going to punt on first down. Both we'll strategy out. Yeah, both strategy <laughs> out.
1: Um, so for me, where I go to is really it's it's very similar. But it's in the wide receiving core and it's Kadarius Toney. I have, he is such an enigma for Giant fans and for the entire league. You saw his skill set out there against teams like the Dallas Cowboys, where like he's unguardable. Like he leaves people in the dust. His shiftiness, his ability to have vision and and play chess with early movement is unbelievable. The problem is, we haven't seen it often enough because he's been injured, he's been out of the lineup. He, he hasn't been in training camp. He didn't play in any of the preseason games. We really don't know what we're going to see from Kadarius Toney. But, Adam, yes. the two cornerbacks that are starting for the Tennessee Titans are very young and inexperienced. You have Roger McCreary was a second-round pick this year, has never played an NFL game. He will presumably be guarding Kadarius Tony. So you have Kadarius Toney against a rookie that's never played before. I like that matchup. Even if they decide to, to use their veteran, who's, uh, who's Christian Fulton, who was, who was drafted in 2020 and has had a handful of games, like at that point, Adam, we're, we're only talking about a handful of games. Even if they switch him over, I still like the matchup for Kadarius Tony. So for me, he's the guy that we all giant fans know that there's a way to unlock some crazy potential. If he stays healthy and you get him the ball out in space, he is going to be one of the more electric players in the entire league. This is a great matchup for him against inexperienced quarterbacks. So Daniel Jones has to get the ball out quickly and get it into his hands.
0: Yeah, we talk about volume. I think Kadarius Tony needs to be a guy that gets volume, right? You talk about total touches for Saquon Barkley. I want to see, I want to see ten touches. Kadarius Tony. that's not targets. I want to see 10 touches. you can do some end of rounds you can you know get him to space you can run a couple of bubble screens. like I think early and often you want to maximize that and I'll say too, you talk about the inexperience on the outside for the, for the secondary here for the New York football uh, for excuse me for the Tennessee Titans. you do have to um, you do have to consider the idea. it's going to be very intriguing. this is high level low level. What is Wandell Robinson? He's listed as the starter on the depth chart here. So we always talk about who stands to benefit. Kenny Galladay being consistent and just being someone that has to be respected out there. That can open things up, the trickle-down effect. And, you know, it goes to Wandell Robinson. It goes to the other rookie the tight end position, Daniel Bellinger, right? Going to be fascinating to see how things unfold here for the Giants. And, again, how this offense develops in this first game and then also as the season moves along. That being the case, though, Andy. We know what we want to move into here before we close out with our predictions. We need to get this is Andrew Makowitz bet of the week.
1: Oh yeah, and I feel really good about this one out. to use some graphics is, for that one, I think. This is uh, you know what we we're going to we're going we're gonna to build into this. We have exciting uh, we have well, we have exciting announcements coming up for next week's show in terms of of betting and right. the format that we're going to do, so we'll, we'll unveil the the fun graphics when that happens. But the bet of the week we just talked about Saquon Barkley. You were shocked about the numbers that I was talking about, Adam. The best bet of the week is Saquon Barkley over receiving yards. And you may say, okay, well, that's interesting, but what is it? So, Adam, if, if you had to guess, what is the over-under on Saquon Barkley receiving yards in this game against the Titans? 55. It's exactly half of that at 27 yeah. and a. Half. sorry I
0: gave you uh I I, I threw out my <laughs> I threw out a very quick number uh that's his rushing yards uh so what is it it's hit <laughs> at 20 uh, 25
1: 27 and a half and you may say like okay like that, that you know he's he's a, a running back out of the backfield let me just tell you in the three pre-season, preseason games so far seeing how the Giants like to do their offense whoever has started at running back for them obviously you know Saquon got a couple touches in the first one, but the primary running back in each of the games had over five receptions and cleared 28 receiving yards in every single one of the preseason games. They are going to focus on getting the ball out in space to their running back. And of course, we only saw Saquon Barkley for a handful of plays in the preseason because they want to keep him fresh. Mm -hmm. I anticipate that's why I think his carries are going to be Lower, I would almost think that he may get have more targets in the passing game than he will have rushes in this game. So for me, if you figure Saquon's going to catch five or six balls, all we need is five or six yards per attempt for him. you got to figure he's going to take one for 10 to 15 yards. Right there, you got 30 to 35 yards alone. I love that wager, and I love it for Saquon because it shows that he's going to be back.
0: Let's get me up in the center square here, friends. That's a nice one. We want to have some fun. How many legs are on a spider, Andy?
1: Eight, yeah, there chop one eight. of them
0: off when we got a seven way same game parlay oh, Here we go. Here now, here listen go. to me though hey, listen to me, listen to me, rattle off. I'll, 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 boom, 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 boom. And by the way, I got Saquon, and over on Bet MGM, you can get that at 26 and a half for the over under on receiving yards. When I drop down, you, you tell me, you tell me when you get disgusted with one of these. Ryan Tannenhill over half an interception. So, so Ryan Tannenhill to throw a pick, okay, right? Nothing. You can see that happening. 55 and a half yards for Saquon rushing. You tell me this kid can't uh, have one uh, big hit? The kid can't get one 25-yard run and then sprinkle some in? Maybe you want to call that the risky play It flies in the
1: face. It flies in the face of of what I like, but go on.
0: All right, you know what? And watch what I'll do here. I'll take that one out. I want to to let Andy have me take out one play out of my parlay. Okay, so let's drop that one out. We took off another leg from that spider. Graham Gano over one and a half field goals. Two field goals in the game. Okay, I'm in. There's nothing to scoff at. Daniel Jones, over a half of an interception. I want the kid to play. I want him to go for it. I'll accept that turnover. Spread New York Giants plus the five and a half, and Saquon Barkley over the 26 and a half receiving yards. I took out the rushing total for him. And the last one here, the one that is really a plus number, I think, plus 225. That's going to be Kadarius Tony to score a touchdown. You just talked about how he needs to be a focal point, needs to be in on the action. What do you think? What do you think the, uh, the odds are? Where were the numbers? I, I just want to throw down a crisp $5 bill on this bet. What do you think we're looking at here?
1: I'm going to say it's 15 to 1, Adam.
0: We got plus 9,000. You throw down five, a crisp $5 bill, you're coming back with over $4.50 in return. I'm just saying it. Join me on the journey. It's always fun, my friends. Tannen Hill over on on his uh, interceptions. Gano over on the field goals. Tony to score. Daniel Jones to throw a pick. The spread for the Giants. And Saquon Barkley over 26.5 receiving yards. Night, night. We're going to fight.
1: Wow. That, that was tremendous. I'll give you credit. You, you. you pivoted right in the middle of things and got it to my sweet spot. I like it. Because you like that bet so much, though, let's go into the predictions for the game. First Maybe. one of the season, because we don't count Thursday night, not part of the pick em. No one ever thinks about the Thursday night game, especially if you lose it in terrible fashion like I did. Yep. So, Adam. Ladies first. Giants versus Titans. 425 p.m. game in Nashville. What is your prediction on the game?
0: You don't want it? You don't want first You don't want first crack at
1: the apple? No, no, no. By all means. By all means. Um, Take me away.
0: It's really intriguing, man. I, I think that the Giants have a long journey this season, and I don't know if there's going to be a lot of wins for them. But I also don't know if the Tennessee Titans are a 12-win team or if they are a team that had some easy wins last year that overcame losing some players, et cetera man, like I could coin flip this thing and say that the giants come out and they only may only win six games this year, but this could be one of those, like this could be one of those really impress you know, really early impressive wins. They come out, they get rolling. I'm going to take the giants to win. I'm going to take the Giants to win. So if you you want to take, I'm taking the Giants, and I'm taking the points. I believe that they'll get there. I won't be shocked if they pull this one out. I think it's going to be within a field goal most of the way. I don't think necessarily anyone's getting away from one another here, and it's just going to come down to, as we've talked about, some of those key turnovers. If the Giants' defense can catch one of those, I think the Giants will need to score. I think they'll be capable of scoring. I'm going to take the – I'm taking the points. But if you wanted to score prediction, I'll even go as bold to say the Giants win outright – Give me the Giants 27-23.
1: Wow. That is a bold, bold prediction. And I I don't
0: think the Giants are living up to the hype on, you know, almost 30 points a game all throughout the year. But I think there's some opportunities here. We talked about Bud Dupree not being available. You know, uh, he's in there for them. They're missing one of their key defensive players. Very suspect secondary. I think that's a matchup to exploit Giants wide receivers against the specifically cornerbacks. Don't go to the safeties.
1: Uh, So I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. Um, I think Woo! The- Gareth's with me,
0: 27, 17. Oh, Titans.
1: Yeah. Uh, come on now, Gareth. <laughs> yeah. But people are, people are bet you know, moving away from you, even though this is a pro giant podcast, everyone's a-, a realist. I know you're the eternal optimist, Adam, when it comes to the giants winning, my prediction is the Titans are going to be able to move the ball on the ground. And when we have to bring people in the you box, it. we don't have the edge rushers available to be able to take advantage of Ryan Tannehill and, and some of the, the new wide receivers that are out there. I think the Titans are going to be able to move the ball. Wink Martindale is going to bring a ton of pressure, but that pressure is going to lead to big plays. I think the Giants will look effective moving the ball or more effective than they have previously. I think that it's going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game with the Giants offense. We're so conditioned to the Giants only scoring 14 points that, it's, that, that like you always think the under is good. Sure. I'm going to go in a tough matchup on the road week one i got the tennessee titans 27 the giants 20.
0: okay yeah so yeah slow and steady here i I gotta be honest with you man you're not even giving them you you talked about it all off season you don't believe that they're going to move the needle on scoring more than what they averaged last year right like 15 points with daniel jones in their quarterback you're saying all the changes all the new coaching all the new scheming it's worth two points
1: no i said i said 27 to 20 which is worth five points oh, and okay. it's against the I'm top five defense in, it, which is against the top five defense too i think it's more predicated on going against the titans in tennessee top, against top five a really defense, good defense on paper. you know what i mean yeah yeah that's what true said- that's why they play the games adam
0: hey that's why they do it friends listen we may come in and talk about some things on sunday morning not likely though because we actually this, this should be the format we give you everything ah get your bets in Get your excitement up there! And by the way, in the chat, we appreciate everyone obviously being in on the live YouTube stream. We've got Gareth saying twenty-seven seventeen Titans. Marty, frequent flyer, twenty to seventeen. There's the line I was talking about for the Titans. How about though? Uh, Michael wants a twenty-three ten Giants. So he's big bold, and I love. I love getting into it right there. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun matchup. Again, week one kicks off. We talked about it Thursday night. The Rams. That's not who the Rams are. Right. But that's what the first game of their season just looked like for the Giants, too. It's like the Titans. Hey, that might not be who they are long term. It doesn't mean they can't lay a goose egg like maybe just why not? The sake of the podcast, kick things off with a bit of a surprise, with a bit of a win on the road. And then let's get it going from there. Always want to start off a new regime on a very positive foot. It's big for Dable, it's big for Kafka, it's big for Joe Shane, it's big for John Mara, right? It's big for all the Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Kadarius Toney, all the guys that have been there for this, right? That have not had that taste of success and winning and optimism as you get a season underway. Let's hope for the best here on Sunday, 425 Kickoff. We'll come in on the post-game recap as well. You get that podcast feed, you break it all down. Marty, don't hope that I'm right, you know that I'm right. You like it, you love it, you want more of it. And as... Andrew Mac with I'm jacked up, guys, on a Friday, would want,
1: need, and nay, demand the people know. As always, especially today, let's go big blue. Woo!
0: <laughs>